Welcome to Valley Heat. I'm Doug Duguay. This is a podcast about the neighborhood, my neighborhood, the Burbank Rancho Equestrian District right here in Los Angeles County, brought to you by Val Janthony's Too Sharp Cheddar. And I don't know if you've ever had cheddar and you think, this might be too sharp. Well, I'll tell you what it isn't. It's not as sharp as this cheddar. The way Val puts it, if there were a meter for cheese sharpness, the needle would be pinned on, you're dead. This cheese of Val's is, I've tried only a little bit of it. I don't know if you've ever had someone spray mace in a hallway on accident or woken up in a weird position with your face completely asleep. And I use those as an example because it's if you try this stuff, your body is not going to have a reaction worked out at first and you're going to be confused. It probably because it's just never encountered anything like this. Probably not dissimilar from the way a person feels warm when they're about to freeze to death. Your body just kind of goes, well, here's one option. And really the idea here is that cheese is so personal and individual. A lot of people, Val included, they like the cheese that is very fragrant. Some people think it smells terrible. And then other people, they'll say, well, that actually smells fantastic. Well, one thing that everyone could agree on is that this cheese is way too sharp. But really, on a level where, you know how they'll show you that chart in a doctor's office with all the cartoon faces, and they'll say, which one of these indicates the type of pain you're having? And you think, can you at least update these faces to not look like this thing's been hanging here since 1972. They all look like garbage pail kids. None of these represent me. They just remind me of getting beat up on the bus in elementary school. Most of the faces look like they're struggling with a math problem. Or they go, what's your pain level between 1 and 10? And if, why? Why? What happens if I say 10? You ring at that bell and everyone gets free drinks? And I mean, come on, 10? You think I can even hear your question? If my pain level is 10, which according to this scale is the most pain a human can feel? I mean, I know it's weird because I just parked and strolled in here, but yes, it's 10. Anyway, the point is Val has all those faces on the Too Sharp Cheddar package. And it's got all of the cartoon faces all the way to extreme pain. And then the last one is a picture of a headstone to indicate that that is how sharp this cheese is. Because Val believes that our fascination with the strength of cheese smells is linked to our fascination with death. In fact, on Wednesdays, if you are here in the Rancho Equestrian District, every week at 7 p.m., Val has the most fragrant of all of her cheeses, and it's called Death Wish Cheese Night. You should check it out. Two sharp cheddar. Try it if you dare. Careful, though. Diane Cross ate way too much of it a few Wednesdays ago. And she couldn't talk for a week. Well, she could talk, but she was speaking French. She doesn't speak French. She was speaking fake French. It's almost like speaking in tongues. Two Sharp Cheddar. Check it out.
All right, let's start this episode of Valley Heat. These are the chronicles of the Rancher and Western District in Burbank, California. Why is that so loud? Sorry, sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to be so tentative. It's just that it was it was kind of loud. Is that not loud? It's maybe just loud to me. I turned my headphones down. Hey, maybe stop talking about how loud it was. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. Anyway, anyway, the Jaguar. It was gone, and Steve Smith took it. Also, it's official that Lawrence Chantney is going to be my defense attorney for this case where Terry Mellon is suing me. Chuck is still pretty upset about it. I have a deposition soon. He's called me up at least three times a week and made sure he's still hired. Okay, am I screaming? I can't tell. Am I screaming? Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is that the Jaguar is still missing. Steve Smith will not tell me where it is. I've had a lot of trouble finding him. I even went so far as to go down to use foosball tables. And I mean, I didn't go inside, obviously. I did the thing that most people who aren't members there are doing lately. You go down there and you knock on the door and then you take five steps back Someone comes out and you write your question for Nick on a $100 bill and then you go wait in your car and eventually someone comes out and hands you Nick's answer on a piece of paper that is not a $100 bill. That is gone, whether your question is answered or not. In my case, the question was not answered. It was just a hand-drawn picture of me getting punched in the face, which is not the best use of $100, but I guess it was worth a try. And if you don't know what happened recently, there was a Jaguar that was parked on my curb for 10 months, despite trying to get the city to move it. And then John McDonald, in an attempt to force me to keep Candace on as my pool cleaner, which I would have done anyway, tried to move this car by breaking into it, but he just ended up damaging it. And then Steve Smith, another foosball guy, a recently dethroned foosball champion, came by and he moved the car without asking me and has hidden it somewhere. So as far as the owner of the car knows, whoever that is, the car has been stolen. No one knows where it is. The only person who knows where it is is Steve. And well, actually, I know where he is. I'm going to get into that in a second. The reason I know is that his wife, Marsha Shadusta, stopped by to have a talk with me. And I'm going to tell you about that shortly. Marsha Shadusta, if you remember, is the owner of Karate Trophy City and spent several years in jail for purchasing and importing stolen samurai swords, hundreds of very valuable samurai swords from an Icelandic museum in the mid-90s. She was also banned from most international karate tournaments around the world simply because she was killing people during the tournaments, not on purpose, of course. That's just the kind of punch that she packs. She's also killed a burglar on accident. Someone broke into the Karate Trophy City on Magnolia Boulevard and tried to steal what is the fourth tallest karate trophy. Karate Trophy City has the five tallest karate trophies in the world, but someone broke in and tried to steal that fourth largest trophy, and she did what's known as a flying marsha, which is a type of flying kick, and it killed the person immediately. The Flying Marsha, as far as anyone who's seen it knows, is not possible by anyone else but Marsha Shadusta. It's a type of propeller kick where 
she gets a running start that is so fast that eventually she's running on the actual walls in the room. She has run all four walls of a room three times without falling, which I think has to be a world record. And then when she locks in on her target, she does 10 full helicopter twirls with her legs. And when that foot meets the face, it meets it with, as the Burbank police put it, a devastating, non-survivable blow. should also know she's very protective of Steve in her own way. It really is an interesting marriage because traditionally foosball guys and karate people do not get along at all. And a lot of people on both sides of that issue do not approve of that marriage in any way. So she came over here a few days ago, and I hadn't heard from Steve. And once I talked to her, that made a lot of sense. Anyway, here's what happened. Hey, Marsha, how are you? My husband did not steal your car. Okay, Marsha, first of all, it's not its not my car. Well, if it isn't your car, why are you even worried well, about because it? Because everyone thinks it's my car. It's been months. I don't need that... to hear the whole story. I, okay, I thought you were Buying asking. Find the car, or I'm coming back here, and I don't want to come you back You want here. me to find the car? How am I going to find the car? Steve's the only one who knows Steve where it is. Steve tell me where it is. Okay, you have to press him on this, Marsha. Oh, I pressed him. Okay, well, how hard? Because I don't Steve know what else to do. Steve is locked in our basement. Why? Where I can see him. You can't just lock him in the basement. Where I lock my husband is not your business. You know what I think? I think you've had it out for us because we won't take our Christmas lights down. Marsha, I have never had an issue with the lights. That is a Terry Mellon issue. And I love Christmas lights. And I think it's a gift to the neighborhood. I think it is too. I think it's great. I have no issue. Is it the boat? I Well, honestly, I think the complaint about the boat it was legitimate. Some kids have gotten hurt, and I think that's we what the issue was. We have a party house. Right, and I don't have a problem if with that. If kids want to climb in there in the middle of the night and party. Right, I think it's because Tony, Gary's son, got stuck in Look, there. Look, that kid so. is fine. Right, well, I think it was still a legitimate neighborhood What's complaint. What's the emergency? He was stuck inside the boat. There was you no light. Said, hey. Okay, well, I imagine he was saying plenty of that I mean, I don't was wanna, there. I'm not trying to make fun of that kid. Okay. But how do you get stuck in a boat on land? I. What does being on land have it's to do really with it? It's really easy not to get stuck in a boat on land. I, I yeah, don't... He's 19 what years you, old. If he can't find his way out of a boat... What is the on land thing you're talking You find that about? car unless you want to be locked in the basement with him. Okay, so you heard that and... So Steve being locked in the basement, we'll get to that. But what is the boat on land thing that she's talking about? And I've thought about this probably a lot more than I should have because it was a quote from her a few years back in the Burbank Gazette when this happened. They had to appear in court. Gary and Val were, of course, very upset that Tony got stuck in there. A lot of the kids and teenagers are fascinated with a boat because it's kind of like hunting for treasure. Some people think it's haunted, but he was snooping around in there and he fell through the floor. The first thing you should know is that it's not just a boat, it's a yacht. It's a very large yacht, and it's definitely not seaworthy. Half of it is underground, but it is a very large yacht. It's one of those, I mean, it's got like a four-car garage in it. It has a bowling alley, a tennis court, but I mean, it's a bowling alley if you want to bowl in a haunted house that is actually a crumbling boat. I mean, their property takes up a huge chunk of Beechwood Drive. It was there when they moved in 20 years ago. And when they bought the property, the boat was part of the purchase, and the neighborhood was really excited that someone was going to get rid of it. 
I mean, you would think at first glance that an ocean dried up and this boat just settled on this lawn the way it's embedded so deeply into the ground. There are a lot of theories about who owned this boat originally. A lot of people think it belonged to Bob Hope. Some people think it's connected to Joe Marvin, the guy who robbed Riverside Bank back in the 70s. But kids go in there and they try to find clues. And Tony fell in. Gary and Val sued Steve and Marsha. The Janthonies won the case. And the headline in the Burbank Gazette was, We're on land. And it was next to a picture of Marsha looking like she is making perfect sense. But no one really knew what she meant. But it became kind of a funny quote around the neighborhood. Whenever someone was doing something dangerous, they'd go, hey, don't worry, we're on land. But it goes without saying, the Smith Shadustas and the Janthonies do not get along. But they are both very big party families, and that's where the Christmas lights come from. Gary and Val used to have a lot of Christmas lights until Steve and Marsha started doing it. And then Gary and Val built a giant custom fake yacht. And the name of the boat was on the back. It was the SS, our son is trapped inside. And that was very funny, and a lot of people started doing it. And But a lot of people don't realize that's where the tradition came from. And, of course, the entire neighborhood has so much fun with that in November and December. It's become a tradition kids love, mostly because of the Fireman's Yacht Parade, which is obviously a very expensive, elaborate parade. A lot of the firemen have started buying these yachts, very expensive, but also a very competitive tradition. So you have firemen spending everything they have, even their life savings for these yachts. Because if you have the best yacht and you win the parade, you are made chief of the fire department for that year. But you'd think the roots of it were very fun and festive, but really it just came from a missing persons case and a rivalry between two families that absolutely hate each other. Anyway, I haven't talked much about Steve being locked in the basement yet, but I have a lot more to say about it, and I'll do that right after this. Good news if you like snow surfing. Paul Robinson, he's going to open up the Cresties. Normally, he just has it open during the summer. Paul Robinson owns the only true winter resort that has 6 to 10 feet of amazing powdered snow right in the middle of summer. And I don't say ski resort. Paul calls it a snow surfing resort. Because this isn't skiing. You can't ski there. I can't tell you how many cars I've seen driving back from the Cresties with a huge hole in the windshield where a snow surfer took someone's skis and threw them right through their own windshield. And really, it's a peaceful place up there. Just don't try to ski. Don't try to snowboard either. This isn't snowboarding. I'm talking about snow surfing. This is an actual surfboard. People are riding on this snow. I mean, it's a slightly modded out surfboard. It's a snow surfboard. There's no fin on the bottom, but there's plenty of wax on top because your feet are bare and these guys are wearing cutoffs. It is warm up there, no matter how much snow is ever on that mountain. And that's because Paul's method of creating this man-made snow is different than you've seen anywhere. It's a patented method. He calls it the snow riser. It's this amazing mesh network that covers the whole mountain. So the snow is created from the bottom up. It's really as though the snow is coming up out of the mountain. And this thing is making the snow as fast as it's melting, and it creates this slick surface on the top. It's almost like hydroplaning when you're surfing on it. And you get these mountains and these moguls. And these surfers, I mean, you talk about, I mean, these guys get intense. And you know those tears you get, those adrenaline tears? They freeze right in your eyes when you're up there, and they call those crazy tears. But, I mean, the air these surfers get, the You know that jump they do in the Olympics where they're, what's that called? 
when they go down the hill incredibly fast and then they're on that giant ramp and they're flying through the air. Every time I see that, it looks like a terrible accident is being caught on camera. What do they call that? It's called the Large Hill. Good name. But these Olympic ski jumpers look like they're 100 feet in the air. They land and then someone goes, oh, that wasn't very good. The jumper should be dead. The Olymp- All of the Olympics really are- learn to do something humanly impossible. And if you can't do it perfectly, you're just sent home to work at a bank or be a physical therapist. Where'd you get that one? Give that to me. Hey, give me the, get over here. Give that to me. Where did you get all these? These are, he's got different flavored pistachios here. I didn't even buy these. Hot and tangy. Who would want that, really? I I mean, I bet they're probably good, but hot and tangy? Do I want to eat that? Oh, well, yeah, I know you do. Anyway, what was I talking about? Uh, The Cresties. They've got waves of snow up there already, and... And these snow surfers, I mean, they are jumping. They're getting so much height. Yeah, one of the most fun things about it is they have these picnics up there. You can set up a picnic wherever you want under any tree. And you know how there's that tradition in the Swiss Alps where a St. Bernard will bring you whiskey. It's tied around their neck. It's like a rescue dog. They have these St. Bernards up there on the Cresties, but they don't have whiskey in a barrel. They have charcuterie boards that they bring you when you're picnicking. It's strapped to the St. Bernard's back. You never know what's going to be on there. It's always good. There, there's Actually, there's always brie because both Paul and Jan love brie. And they've always got provolone and crackers. I mean, I am not... Provolone, I think you could take a picture of provolone cheese and eating the picture would taste the same as the cheese. But they love it. And there's all kinds of fun berries and fruits on there and sliced up figs, whatever they can think of. It's a wonderful place, but don't go up there looking to ski or snowboard. I mean, you try to snowboard up there, and they will take your board, and that's what the charcuterie boards are. The charcuterie boards are made out of snowboards they've torn out of the hands of snowboarders trying to go up there and do some runs. And the skiers, at least they let them drive back down. Snowboarders, they make them descend the Burbank Mountains on foot. Anyway, the Cresties Snow Surfing Resort up on Burbank Mountain. You got to check it out. There's a road that leads to the mountain And the mountain at the end leads to the sky Do you want to fly inside a cloud today In the Cresties those powder mountaintops Fluffy Christmas thoughts And Christmas trees You ride A frozen wave In the crusties That fluffy powder piles You don't shoot
Okay, I'm also supposed to add here that if you go up to the Cresties in the next two weeks, you'll receive a coupon for two free pints of English Ironol. If you don't know what English Ironol is, then you're not someone who hangs out at the Cresties, and you're definitely not English. Anyone who's English in the Rancho Equestrian District knows what English Ironol is, and they all hang out up there at the Cresties. It is a real party village up there, and they get pretty rowdy about it. It's this ale with molasses, iron, and one other ingredient. They say it's a natural flavoring, but it, it tastes like you're feeling pretty good. But it gets people pretty, as a Rancho Equestrian English person would say, sleevish. Meaning you roll up your sleeves and you're ready to punch someone or something. And the English people who live here, very tough community, and really the only ones that can go up against foosball types and win. In fact, last year... During the English prickly pear contest, the English community here, they have a prickly pear fruit contest every year. Some foosball guys competed in it last year, and they got into a fight with some of the English guys over whether the European or American foosball table was better. These guys really got into it. Everybody got hurt. But one thing that happened is this English guy, Reese Ballard, punched Greg Brown so hard in the mouth that about a week and a half later, Greg Brown started growing two new molars on the top row of his mouth. He punched him so hard he gave him new teeth. It was like he reprogrammed his mouth. And if you ask Reese about it, he gets real British and says, I punched that gentleman squarely in the DNA. But the tradition up there is to snow surf all day and party with English iron all, all night. And these guys, they get together and they sing these bar songs and they break the glasses as they're singing. So there's broken glass flying everywhere. If you go up there with your family, you've got kids, they have helmets there. Seems a little scary at first, but once it gets going, it's really, really fun. English Iron All, two free pints for the next two weeks, only for snow surfers and only at the Cresties. Check it out. me 
Okay, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Candace, and you're hold right. on, hold on. Okay, I forgot that Chuck is insisting on ads and he's insisting on reading them. So let's just get through this. I know what you're thinking, and you're right. The show you're listening to is dangerous and borderline nonsense. Okay, but if you're what's it an ad for? Not listening to the show. He just can't not do this. Okay, let's just get this over with. If you're looking for something better, something check better. out Free With Ads, a podcast where Emily Fleming and Jordan Morris, real comedy writers and real friends, review streaming movies from the darkest corners of the Internet's bargain bin, sparing you the indecency of Internet ads, not unlike this one. Free With Ads, it's a podcast about free movies that is worth the price of admission. Okay, you're free to rejoin my son-in-law's insanity. Good day. Okay, so I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but Candace, my pool guy, Pete's wife, well, she is actually my pool guy now. I guess they're both my pool people. Not that that's the way anyone wants it. But, I mean, if you want a pool person who will swim in your pool and complain about it, then they are perfect. But I agreed to help her so that she could satisfy her parole. But in order to do that, I had to tell her parole officer, Gail, that Chuck had hired her because she isn't officially employed as far as the state is concerned unless she has been hired by a registered business. And, of course, you know that John McDonald is driving around honking his cruise horn, the Falcon's cry, at anyone who looks like me. I think the police are still looking for him. I don't think they know that Steve took the car. But Pete, who is John's cousin, had some interesting things to say about it, and I wanted you to hear that. Anyway, here's what happened when Pete and Candace came over. Can you open the gate? Uh, yeah, I'm coming. You guys, okay, both here? Your father-in-law needs to call Gail and tell her I'm here. Who? My parole officer. It's Gail. Seriously, he needs to check in with her. She will not leave me alone. I don't see how I need to keep helping in this area. Well, I, I don't see well, how I'm involved, Doug. Well, with your own parole? I don't make the rules for parole officers. You think I asked for this? It, listen, it's just how the parole works. Do you ever clean your pool? You clean the pool. That's your job. He's, that's our, that is our job. He's, he's right about that. You do no interim maintenance? What is this, a leaf? That's, we put that, that's a chlorine dispenser. We put that in. Whatever. What, wait, what are you doing? I'm gonna get in for a sec. This day's been crazy. Call the cops on my cousin. I can, I, no, I didn't. John put himself in trouble with the police. I didn't tell the police Listen, anything. I can tell your friend, he is not easy to have in the family. Yeah. It's kind of like he's in your family now. Oh, uh, okay. Well, John isn't my family. Well, a lot of times okay. you don't get to pick who's in your family. Well, in this case, I do. I, I mean, more like in this case, you don't really. How is he in my family? He's not in my family. I'm just I, saying, like, you and me are family, and that's a choice we made by becoming such close friends. Uh, okay. When you accept, a close friendship, you're agreeing to accept their sphere, too. There's things in your sphere that I deal with that are not perfect. What, me? You gotta do the work, man. Okay, I, I have heard of the book. I love that book. That's all that's playing in our car right now. Hold on. Hold on. Hello? Hello? Mr. Duguay? Yes? This is Gail. Um, I'm Candace Leshniak's reintegration officer. Oh, hi. Is that Gail? Oh, my God. God, she won't quit. Is that Candace I hear in the background? Yeah. It, Tell her yes, to stop is. calling me. What did she say? Stop calling me? Can you put me on speaker? Uh, okay. Candace, I'm not going to stop calling until I Whatever. can confirm that you're working. I'm working right now. I need to confirm that with your employer. You're actually bothering me at work. 
Are you even allowed to bother me at work? I sure am. This is a work interruption. Okay, I don't know what that means exactly. This is officially a work interruption. Mr. Today, can you hand her the phone, please? I actually, I can't. She's in the pool, actually. She's cleaning the pool from inside the pool. Oh my God. Are you working or are you not working? Gail, Candace? chill out. Chill out, Gail Snail. Do not call me that. I told <laughs> you that in a private conversation. They called her Gail Snail in high school because she could never avoid a dodge. Oh ball. my God. We are never hanging out again. Oh, good. I don't want to hang out with you anyway. And I don't want to hang out with you. So we're uh, even. You think I want to hang out with my parole officer? I don't know. I Honey, guess not. Gail, Why are you even talking to me, Gail? Gail Snail? I can't believe I thought we were friends. You told me you didn't have any friends. I didn't say I didn't have any friends. I said it was hard for me to oh my God, make stop, friends. Stop, stop, stop. Guys. I can't believe this. I can't believe I paid for your drinks. Oh my God, you did not Guys, pay for the okay. drinks. We split it. We did not split it. Not oh only my that, God. but I paid the ballet and you didn't even tip then it. Yes, I did. get back to not doing Can this. Can you please tell her I'm working? She is working, technically. Yeah, she's working. I mean, the equipment's here. Thank you. Thank you for confirming that Candace is working. Okay. Uh-oh. However, if I don't hear from Mr. Baker soon, I'm afraid I'm going to have to rescind this REA, which uh, could put his business license at risk. Rescind is what? It's a reintegration employer application. Okay. Thank uh, you. Okay. Bye, Candace. Talk to Doug. This has nothing to do with me. Okay, so you heard that. Who is Gail that she's just hanging out with her parolee and getting drinks? I have never heard two people say, oh, my God, more times than, and I live in the Valley. She presents herself so professionally, but then before I knew it, we were talking about Gail Snail and her difficulty making friends. You don't want to open up to Candace unless you walk around listening to Jesse's girl all day. She has no idea why you exist. Anyway, Chuck is not going to be very happy with the situation I kind of hope she gets a hold of him before I do because I really don't want to know what his initial reaction is. So I told you earlier that Marsha came by. She had locked Steve in the basement until he tells her where the car is. She is in her way trying to protect him from getting arrested. But there's a bigger development with that story, and I want to tell you about it, and I'll do that right after this promotion. I'll tell you one person that's going to enjoy this promotion. It's Chuck because he's the one reading it. Yeah, I apologize for everything from the beginning to the end of it. You're listening to a terrible show hosted by my son-in-law. Okay. But wouldn't it be nice to listen to a good one? Again. Oh, no, Ross and Carrie, the podcast where Ross Blotcher and Carrie Poppy don't just report on claims about spirituality, fringe science, religion, and the paranormal. They take part themselves. Oh, no, Ross and Carrie. They show up so you don't have to. You can find it on the Maximum Fun Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, now back to something that should be outlawed. My son-in-law speaking publicly. Good day. I mean, I apologize for all of him. And if you want, you can come to my house and kick me right in the mustache. All right, so I told you there was a development with Steve Smith, former Burbank International Foosball Champion Steve Smith. Shortly after Marsha visited me and revealed that she had locked Steve in her basement to protect him. I got this phone call from Steve, and I wanted you to hear it. All right, here it is. Steve. I'm in the basement. Marsha was here. I know what's going on somewhat. She's got me tethered again. She got you what? She, she calls it a safety tether, but it's a chain, and I can't, and I can't get through it. An actual chain? It's a durable one. Wait, why does I she? I can't eat any more peas. You can't what? It's too much peas. Peas? It's all she'll give me. It's a... <clears throat> to eat, she'll only give you 
peas? I've been drinking washing machine water and peas for a long time. Okay, listen. She's, uh, she, she drugged me with nutmeg. You can drug somebody with she nutmeg? She learned it when she was in prison in Bucharest. Steve, can you tell me how long you've been down there? You know, you'd think that going to all those prisons would break you, but for her it was like going to college. Have you called the police or anything? Are you out of your mind? Someone needs to call someone. I don't know how else to help don't you. Don't do that unless you like the smell of burning dirt. The smell of scorched earth. What is she going to do? She was in prison for three years in Bucharest, and when she got out, they hired her to be a guard. To be a guard where she was in prison? Only woman to ever escape and then come back and tell them she escaped because she was proud of it. Okay. She was the warden for five years after that. I had heard that she was a warden. Can you imagine? You go to prison and you get promoted to warden by the time you leave. Okay, let's get back to how you're going to get out of there. Peas aren't great after Steve. maybe one time. But how long have you been down there? I don't know what number I'm on of pea meals. Where is the car? Tell me where the car is and I can go. never. Why? I'll never tell. This, Doug, this what? is for your own safety. I'll go get it. You don't have to have anything yeah, else to do with like it. This is like if we were in a foxhole and you say, hey, Steve, give me the gun, but you have no hands. Am I going to give you that gun? I, do what? I give my cat the Wi-Fi password? I, how do I answer? Tell me where the car is. Okay, cat, here's a computer. Can you write a report for me? You don't realize that you've been down there way too long. you got to get me out of here. How am I going to do that? There's a hotel. Two blocks from here. It's the Burbank Inn. You know it? The Burbank Inn? Yeah, of course. I yeah. want you to go into that hotel. I don't talk to anyone. Why wouldn't I talk I to anyone? I to talk to one of the bellmen there. His name's Drake. Steve. Have you ever played that game with a little paper football where you flick the, the football through? Uh, people will hold their fingers up to mimic a sort of field goal and you kick the paper yes, football through. Steve, of course. Through, I played like paper football. Yes, I've played it before. What? Go to the window in that... Go into the lobby, you sit at the table by the angel statue, and you're going to sit down Steve. and make the goalposts with your fingers. Steve, I'm not going to do that. Stick to the plan. Plan? Okay? It's not a plan. It doesn't make any I sense. I think I hear her. Wait, what? She's coming. She's coming. Yeah, she's coming. Hi. Who are you talking to I, down there? What are you hiding behind your back? Nothing. Ow. 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 All right. Is that my flip phone? Oh, it's my pinky. That's an heirloom. Who is this? Don't tell her. Hello? Is this Doug? Just, Hang up! Marsha, you can't keep him chained up in oh, there. please, it isn't a chain. It's a tether. What? This is a chain! It's cloth! How is this a tether? It's clearly cloth! But there's a chain in the middle. It's a tether. It's a thick, heavy chain covered in cloth. This is you. Oh, I'm chained! I, I am chained! What's going on? Give it to me. Doug! Doug! Hold on. Doug. What? What? what would you, how would you define a chain? How, a chain? The definition of it? What, what is a chain? Guys. I feel yes. sorry for me. That, that doesn't even guys, sound like Guys, you got okay. Hello? Hello? She threw me through a wall, Doug. Into. I threw you into the wall. I was over there and now I'm over here. I in a different room. Into the wall. I'm back here. I'm out. What is happening? You're what? You're... Doug, I got the chain off. I'm going. I'm running. You got out? What? What is that sound? I'm on a skate blade. A what? A skate blade? It's like a, it's like a, a roller blade skateboard. Uh, with one roll of wheels right up the middle. And you can pivot and swivel. Oh, I just got recognized. Thank you. Uh, here she comes. What? Here who comes? Marcia. She's on her Kawasaki. What is that music? Oh, 
It's against all odds by Phil Collins. She's playing our song. That's our song. It's always been our song. How? She, she has a, a, a AV system on her bike. It's she's playing our song. She's trying to get in my head. It's not gonna work. It won't work. Steve, where are you? You should. I'm headed over. into the Rancho Mall. It's a the mall. Oh! <laughs> Heads up, coming through. Hey, okay. coming through. Oh my God. All right, do you know this mall? Do, do are what? you familiar with the Rancho Mall? I do. Familiar. Do you have a, a working knowledge of the Rancho Mall? Working knowledge? I mean, I've been there. What is that? She follow you into the mall? Can you tell me where the nearest exit is? I need, to, I need to get out of here. How do I know where the exit what is? What do you mean how? Don't you have a get online and look it up? I need an exit quick. Okay. Oh, here she comes. She's on me. You really should stop. Can you stop? Hey, i got to get out of the mall. She's going to catch me. Okay. I'm trying to find where the exit is. My plane's overheating on this marble floor. I gotta get black. I'm not It sounds like you just passed the micro golf store. Oh, here's the footlocker compared to the exit. I, I'm looking just a second. I don't have a second. I'm running out of real estate. There's an exit next to the Zappers store right Heads there. Up. All right, never mind. I'm out. I'm out. All right, I'm headed to your house, Doug. My house? Why would you come to my house? Where else would I head? Anywhere. Don't come here. Steve? She's still following you? Steve. What? Did you just Man hit down. the house? Steve. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Marsha, you kidnapped. What's up with the peacock? Oh. Get on the bike. Marsha, you can't kidnap it. Okay. Steve, don't Steve. get on the bike. I'm getting on. Steve! Stick to the friend, though. Stick to the friend. You okay, buddy? Stay away from the pool. Okay, so you heard that. First of all, the peacock straight into the pool. And I thought I had trained him out of that. He, he used to jump into the pool for no reason, but now I guess he's still doing it. If he gets scared, he'll still jump in. Still, though, sinks straight to the bottom. You'd think a bird would float at least a little bit. It's like throwing a barbell in there. And I think, of course, it scares the poor guy, so he fans out his tail, which kind of acts like a rudder while he's sinking. So by the time he hits the bottom, it's head first. And, I mean, talk about, he looks dead by the time he gets to the bottom. But perfectly fine when you get him out of the water. He shakes it off and looks at you like, what are we having for lunch? Okay, so back to Steve. I drove straight through the back gate into our master bedroom. Hard enough that they, he went right through the wall. He was inside our bedroom when I walked out there. I feel bad for him. He went through two walls in one day. And I mean the brazenness of Marsha driving straight into our backyard. And this motorcycle, the size of it, I, it's one of those types of motorcycles you see couples on driving across country. And it, there's so many doors, it kind of looks like they're driving their bedroom cabinet across country. It's one of those. There was this box I was looking at for a second and I realized... I think that's a microwave oven. How many things do you need on your motorcycle? Where are you going? You need to microwave things? And as they drove off, you heard him. He said, stick to the plan, which if you heard him clearly, he wants me to go to the Burbank Inn and sit in the lounge next to an angel statue and make the... I don't even know why I'm repeating this. He wants me to sit in the window and make the paper football goalpost statue with my fingers and I'm assuming all of this is the product of him just being down there in the basement too long and he said she drugged him with nutmeg 
So I, I just hope he's going home and they can work it out without tying him to the floor in the basement. I really would like to find out where that car is, though, before the police come knocking on the door again, because I really don't want to have to give them any answers. Whatever the reasons that John or Steve moved the car, I don't want them to get in any trouble. So I think the next thing I need to do is go and talk to Steve again, and hopefully when I show up there, he's not locked in the basement. Okay, and we have one more promotion to do. Okay, so Lawrence Janthony, the law offices of Lorenzo Janthony. Okay, I think I know what this is about. If you listen to the last episode, you know that Lawrence Janthony is representing me in this case where Terry Mellon is suing me. And you also know that Lawrence was injured by one of my hammocks when his brother Gary landed his helicopter on the roof across the street. And Gary still insists that it's completely legal for him to land his helicopter on his roof because it's his property. And as far as I know, Dean Frenari in particular has contacted the police and he says that, well, I'm quoting him, but he says, Gary is about to get permanently grounded. And I can get to that in a little bit. Firstly, I should, this is a spot that Lawrence has paid for. Okay. You know, a lot of people aren't aware of this. But Lawrence Janthony's real name is Lorenzo. Sure, a lot of people probably won't believe him, but it's absolutely true. If you want proof, just ask Lorenzo and he'll provide it. What is going on? What's an ad for the guy's name? I feel bad for him, though. I feel like the guy's really going through an identity crisis. The thing with the shoes, I don't know if you remember, but Lawrence is kind of famous for wearing these Velcro shoes, zappers, to a deposition. They are traditionally a kid's shoe, but some adults like them. And ever since the last episode, Zappers, the local Burbank Velcro shoe brand, has been running billboard ads and bench ads with Lawrence in them. But it doesn't say Lawrence on the ad. It says Lorenzo Janthony, and he looks kind of European. He's got this really big scarf and a martini. And then above his head, it says Midano Energia, which I believe is Italian for they give me energy. The thing is, everyone knows that the Janthonys are an Italian family, but they're not like a first-generation Italian family. I don't think anyone in the family speaks Italian. I don't think Lawrence does. I think what Zappers is trying to build off of is that Lawrence did have a reputation maybe two decades ago. He worked as a floor salesman at his grandfather's Toluca Lake Lamborghini dealership, and he had this marketing idea that kind of made him a local hero. He filled a very expensive Lamborghini and a, a Lamborghini Aventador. Okay, he filled it with jelly beans. And if you could guess the exact amount of jelly beans, you would win this car. And the idea obviously was that this would be a big promotion for the dealership and people would come in even if it was just to see what the car looked like filled with jelly beans. And Lawrence convinced his family and the managers that it would be a good idea. And the chances of anyone guessing the exact amount of jelly beans was pretty minimal but they started the contest and somebody guessed the exact amount and the dealership had to give him this car that was worth a little over nine hundred thousand dollars it was almost a million dollars that they lost in this contest and it wasn't just that someone guessed the number it was also they guessed the number on the first day of the contest something like within an hour of opening some guy came in with his son who was just killing time he wasn't even shopping this 10-year-old kid guessed the exact number of jelly beans. 
Yeah, that was just the beginning of the bad luck. Because the legal team, who were doing everything they could to avoid giving that car away, at one point they claimed that one of the jelly beans was a marble. So the guess, they claimed, was off by one. And then the kid's dad hired a lawyer, and they went back and forth long enough that on one very hot summer day, the air conditioner broke in the dealership, and that car was sitting in the window in the sun, and those jelly beans melted right into that Lamborghini. So once the dealership lost the legal case they had to buy another Lamborghini for the winner of the contest, meaning they had to buy two of these sports cars. They lost nearly $2 million, and they went out of business shortly afterwards. But when Lawrence was fired, his grandfather, the owner of the dealership, made him purchase on loan that Lamborghini. So Lawrence still drives that Lamborghini all over the place. Which, it looks nice. It's still a nice car, but if you get close enough to it, you can see it's covered in ants, especially during the summer. It, Lawrence still can't get out of his car without someone shouting, hey, sticky seats, from halfway across a parking lot somewhere. But sorry, to get back to this, let's start this again. But I also should say I really feel bad for him just because of the way the family has treated him. And he really has always wanted to make his parents proud, but... It just hasn't turned out that way. And now I think he finds himself in a position where he's had to align himself against his brother, Gary, specifically because of a lot of the causes that Lawrence believes in. But it's almost as though if he believes in something, the family definitely will not believe in it. Okay, so anyway, we'll get back to this. Lorenzo Janthony isn't just a lawyer. He's a professional, okay? And he has a cause. Just ask Doug Duguay, okay? Just ask Doug Duguay or the founders of letssaveoldbob.org. They know what hopefully you'll someday know, that Lorenzo is a good guy. A lot of people also might not know that Gary Janthony illegally landed his helicopter Big Cliff Bird on his own home. Okay, what's this an ad for? Take down Gary? So whether you're looking to save a tree or save a neighbor or just ground Gary... Call Lorenzo. My sweet forgotten son. My sweet lonely one. When I was young, I lived just as you do. Lorenzo, let's start now. The law offices of Lorenzo, I can't do it. I, why? Why change your name in your 50s? Okay, hold on. This is Chuck. All right. Hi, Chuck. How are you? I got a call from Gail. I, I yes, I know. I'm sorry. I forgot who she was. And then she tells me that she's going to revoke mm-hmm. my REA. Okay. Do you I, know what that is? I, yeah, kind of. 
kind of is more than me. All I know is that she seems to have the capacity to suspend my business license. Okay, well, I I have a 15-page document here. Mm -hmm. I have to somehow prove to the state that there is a reason that a muffler shop in Ojai, California, is hiring a pool cleaner from Burbank. I know. It's like a riddle you've given me to solve. An unsolvable riddle is now in my lap. Why did the muffler shop owner... Hire the pool cleaner. Okay. You have given me an unsolvable riddle. Okay, I think I understand. Chuck, I understand. Riddles need fun, snappy endings. Where is yours, sir? Okay, I will take that. You died before you answered that riddle. Yes, I said that I You'd be on your deathbed figuring out that riddle. I understand. It's the worst riddle of all time. The riddle writers are rolling in their graves. Your point is made. Hey, I got a little riddle for you. Okay. Why did the freelance insurance agent walk into the garage? We don't have to do this, Chuck. To ruin his family's life with a podcast. Okay, Chuck, I am sorry that you're not allowed to be sorry. You know who's allowed to be sorry? How would I? People who change their behavior. Uh, okay. People that know they have done wrong. I'll, I'll take that remark. People who are smart. Well, I want you to know when I say sorry, I mean if it. If you meant it, things would change. I okay. But you don't mean it. You just say it. Chuck, I am telling you, I do mean Tell it. Tell me this, and I've got time. Okay. What have you done wrong? Okay, well, I never should have told Gail that Candace was employed no, by you. I'll tell you what you did wrong. You married my daughter. That, okay, Chuck. And I'll tell you what I did wrong. I stood by and I let it happen. Because I had too many Manhattans at that brunch. Okay, I know you don't believe that. You remember the brunch where you proposed to Faye? Yes, And of if course. you recall, I shook your hand. I do remember that. And the that. next day, what did I do? Within right. 24 hours, right. I called you and I rescinded the handshake. I remember. You bought me one too many Manhattans, okay. and I threw my daughter away like a disposable okay, razor. throw her and away. And on another note, I hear a man has driven into your house. Right, that is true. He drove right through the wall. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send Steve over. You're sending Steve? What do you mean you're sending Steve here? Not your Steve. My Steve. You're saying another Steve. This is your fixed guy? An actual capable man. Okay. Who operates in the adult world named Steve. Chuck, you don't don't send a contractor here. He's already been called. Why? One, he'll repair the damage to your home. Uh Two, he will repair the damage you've done to your family by closing off the room that you dwell in. from the rest of the house. Chuck, this isn't your house. You can't... And three mm-hmm. doesn't really matter once two is completed. Okay. As long as you are blocked from contact with my daughter and my grandson, I consider them safe. Okay, obviously you're not going to close me off from the rest of the you house, Chuck. You need to be Chuck. hermetically sealed into an Chuck, enclosed space. I know you don't mean this. You should be strapped to a dolly with a hockey mask. Okay, I know you don't you know think that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I know the I'm reference. I'm talking about Hannibal Lecter, in case you don't know. I, yes, I get you it. You ruined our lives with a nice Chianti and fava beans. Okay, Good Chuck. Day. All right. <clears throat> okay, I think we'll end the episode there. I Obviously, I'm not going to let him do any construction on the house. I mean, technically, I think his name is on the title alongside ours. So, I guess I'm hoping that he actually doesn't choose to do that. Anyway, I'm Doug Duguay. Take it easy. I know there's some people who don't believe me, but I'm not going to let Chuck Chuck send send that guy guy over over to some kind of of construction on the house. One thing, though, is he, I believe, is on the title of the house and might have the authority to do 
something like that, but I will not let it happen. I can almost guarantee I can not let it happen. I mean, we'll see what happens, but I'm not going to let it happen. I know I'm saying it for sure. Sorry, Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.